0: Good morning and happy Monday of Christmas week. Uh, actually, Christmas will be Friday this week. Hopefully, y'all are enjoying. Uh, maybe this week you'll get a chance to get a lighter schedule at work or something like that, but uh, uh, I'm sure I'll mention it again, but I do hope you have a just a wonderful Christmas time with uh, with those you love. And so, um, I wanted to mention, too, probably going to pod, uh, post a little bit less uh, this week with the holiday. I definitely won't post on Christmas Day, may not be on Christmas Eve either, as we'll Getting ready for our service and everything, but um, just want to let you be aware of that. And then also, uh, I wanted to mention as well that uh, um, very I'm very thankful for this. We're getting an increasing number of comments and emails on some of our videos, and uh, some really neat engagements back and forth. Uh, some really wonderful questions that have become really good discussions, and and uh, that's just really cool. Um, however, uh, you may uh, if you if you've sent me a note. Um, over the weekends you'll find I generally don't respond over the weekend because I get ready for Sunday mornings and so if I don't uh, I try to get back to all of the comments or at least as many uh, as I as I see are new and everything uh, that come in but it may very well be that I don't get back to you right away please don't take that personally Uh, I promise you I will try to get back as best I can but over the weekends I, I basically don't do a whole lot Uh, In regard to uh, that because I'm just having to get ready for Sunday Uh, I Try to make sure I have some time in the middle of a Saturday to spend with my family and stuff. So it's uh, it's nothing personal I just um, um, Just have to take time for that and so um, I'll probably be going through those today at some point and responding So and thank you again for your comments your emails and that kind of a thing It's encouraging uh, not just the kind words which are always very encouraging, but also uh, just the the fact that there is some great interaction taking place on that. So thanks for that. Um, okay, well, I wanted to go ahead and uh, uh, and invite you to consider a passage from 1 John. We uh, spent time yesterday in our service talking about um, the love of God and how it's really not so much that we loved Him as much as He loved us and gave His Son to be a propitiation for our sins and that connection between God's Love for us being, and the demonstration of it being in the person of Christ, uh, making the way for us to be in right relationship and even loving relationship with the Father. We respond in love, but it's He who ultimately initiates. He's the one who uh, reached out to us in our sinful nature. He's the one who, uh, even though we're at enmity with God, made it a point to come after us and to, um, uh, you know, some of you are familiar with the poem, The Hound of Heaven, C.S. Lewis spoke of this in terms of his own conversion. Um, you know, how God just was relentlessly um, just uh, answering his arguments and, and making the case against him in his, in his heart and mind, and he finally, uh, eventually relented, became a believer in a God, and then ultimately put his trust in Christ. And so, um, but God is the initiator. He's the one who comes after us. And once he has captured our hearts, once he has saved us, as, as you know, as the scriptures tell us, Paul tells us in a number of places, Ephesians, Galatians chapter 2 and both, how we're saved by faith, uh, by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves, it's not of works, lest any should boast. Uh, that um, you know, if, 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 if salvation came through the law, if righteousness was earned through the law, then Christ died needlessly. It's all by faith in the finished work that he did. But once he saves us, he then begins to work in us in the power of the Holy Spirit as he Promises disciples that the Holy Spirit would not only be with them, but would be in them. And the Holy Spirit, uh, from that moment of conversion, begins this radical work of changing us uh, from the inside out. And uh, and one of the beautiful things that happens, and only one of the beautiful things of the many that happen to a believer once we're born again, uh, and the Holy Spirit begins to take hold of us, is that not only does He change our hearts on the inside. But he ultimately begins to work on how our hearts find expression on the outside. Uh, and John, in his first epistle, this is one of these, uh, this is such a beautiful book that deals in that area. Uh, because uh, John, uh, for some, some have a hard time with John because there's a lot of uh, talk about things to do in 1 John, and, uh, but it's important to recognize that much like James would say, show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works, John is sort of in that arena here in his first letter where he talks about the love of God, he talks about him loving us first and all of this, but then he, he very very fluidly, without any hesitation or without any uh, fear of contradiction of any kind, he very also, he also very strongly makes the case that a genuine love relationship with God is going to produce genuine love toward our neighbors and toward our brothers and toward those even on the outside. And there is this wonderful interplay of the activity of the Holy Spirit inside of us and also the expression of his work as we live out our faith. And so with that said, I wanted to read a passage from 1 John uh, chapter four, just a couple of verses quickly that kind of uh, speak to this. And I'd like to just take a moment and share on it. It's, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not uh, uh, love does not know God, for God is love. And so, when we talk, and by the way, don't try that at home. But, uh, so, uh, whoever is born of God knows God, and loves like God loves is essentially what is at the heart of what is being said, not only in that passage but in really the uh, the context that surrounds it. Um, when John in chapter three speaks to this subject, again the the word love and the whole concept of love just permeates richly John's writings through the epistles, and we spoke again somewhat about this in our our, our message yesterday morning in church, and so that that pod, that that. Uh, that video will be up later today. You can watch that. I'd encourage you to, because it's a subject that we all would do well to, to to camp out in for a good long while. But in continuing on the thoughts we started yesterday, in terms of God's love for us, today I wanted to just speak to the idea of, of our love for others uh, as a result of that love that we experience from God. Um, you know, probably most of us are familiar. I know we've mentioned it here. Augustine's comment that. Um, in when it comes to the essentials, we express unity the essentials the the deity of Christ, salvation by grace through faith alone and such the essentials we have unity on these things as believers. If you doubt if you don 't believe these things you 're not actually a Christian in the New Testament sense of the uh, definition of the word, which is the definition and so the, in the essentials, we have unity there 's no real negotiating room or bargaining room or wiggle room on those. Uh, In the non-essentials, we have liberty, Uh, questions of uh, peripheral value, still great value, but they're peripheral. They're not salvation questions Um, in terms of things like uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Can you be a believer and go to heaven and not believe and believe one way or another about the gifts, whether they're for today or not? Yes, you can. You can absolutely have differing views on that and still be a born-again believer going uh, to spend eternity with Jesus, bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. That's not, that doesn't diminish. Uh, your view on the gifts doesn't diminish that or change your eternal destiny or anything. It's not a salvation question. Uh, or eschatology is a big one. We talk about eschatology a lot here and uh, we get a lot of comments, both for and against the various things that we talk about in that regard. And, uh, and you know, um, can you have different views on eschatology? Can you believe in a pre-trib? rapture and 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 know that for sure you're going to heaven with somebody who holds an all millennial perspective or any of the various perspectives on eschatology for that matter. Yes you can because eschatology is a peripheral and important issue but it speaks more about the how things happen but it doesn't necessarily change the question of why uh, there's even a discussion. In other words the, the mechanism through which Jesus brings us home is one thing but the why he's bringing us home, the finished uh, work that he accomplished because of his great love for us, that's a different thing and that is a salvation question. But eschatology is not. And so we can have differing views on those things. In in, in, uh, in, in non-essentials, we can have liberty. Um, but in all things, Augustine would finish that quote by saying, in all things, there is charity or that is a, a medieval, uh, uh, term that is that means love. If you use a King James Bible and you read 1 Corinthians 13 which is uh, verses 4 through eight uh, provide or 4 through 13 really but four through eight primarily give us uh, the very clear and best greatest definition of what love is all about and uh, it's, it's patient, it's kind it keeps no record of wrongs and all the various things that are included in what love is and what love does and what love does not do. Um, But love is active in all of those kinds of things, and in, in, in all things, whether we agree or we disagree, whether we are brothers or whether we are talking to someone outside, in all things, love must be the central feature. And this makes perfect sense because Jesus said that the world would know that we are his by, as believers, our love for one another. But in his practical teachings on this, he also went beyond that. If you'll remember, um, when Jesus talked about loving your neighbor, uh, and the question was raised, "Well, who's my neighbor?" In the parable that he told about um, the questions of, um, you know, who's my neighbor and such, uh, you know, he pointed to a Samaritan, you know, somebody who would have been hated by his listening audience, but he said that is one of your that is your neighbor, and so. Uh, you know, to love as the primary feature. As a matter of fact, Jesus was asked in Matthew chapter 12, um, what is the greatest commandment? A scribe asked him this question. And Jesus said uh, that this is the greatest commandment. Uh, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second command is like it. That you should love your neighbor as yourself. And the scribe went on to agree with this and to point out how this is really the greatest of all the commandments. And you know, you can easily make the case that in those two commandments, as Jesus would say, that uh, the whole law basically rests upon those two. And so they become the most important commandments or the greatest in, in terms of importance because they encapsulate the rest of the law. And so when we talk about love, we are talking about love that is both up and down directional. We love God in response to his love to us, but also akin to that and in connection with that and an expression of that, we also love our neighbors as ourselves. And John goes to great lengths in his first letter to describe love. Matter of fact, in chapter three, verses 16 to 18, he sounds somewhat like James, too, in this idea of, you know, if you have Uh, If you have the ability to provide for your neighbor who's in need, uh, then you don't do it. You're not really demonstrating love. Let's not love in word and in talk, but also in deed and in truth, he would say. So in other words, it's, uh, I think it was Spurgeon who said that we're not saved by faith plus works, or we're saved by faith alone, I think is the way he put it. We're saved by faith alone, but a faith that saves is never alone. In other words, the idea is there are expressions, outward activities, works that follow that. They're not the means of our salvation, but they demonstrate that God has, in fact, saved us and gripped our hearts and changed us from the inside out. And at the end of this area, this section in 1 John, where he's talking about this, he says that he who says he loves God but he hates his neighbor uh, does not love God, actually. You know, because you can't love God and hate your neighbor simultaneously. And so love has to be pervasive in the life of a believer. Love has to be the defining quality and characteristic. Love has to be the outward expression that is consistent in the life of a believer. Again, I'm not getting legalistic and saying we can't have our moments where we fall short in this area. But by and large, the defining characteristic of a child of God is love. Uh, You know, uh, matter of fact, when you read about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, Paul speaks about love and then he talks about uh, all of the various fruit of the spirit you know joy peace all of the the fruit of the spirit it's been well pointed out that the fruit of the spirit is love but love is then expressed through those various fruit but love is the primary root and anchor of such things it's the it's the wellspring of of those things and so you know, I say this in part and forgive me that this is uh, this is something that not only has become uh, Know, just more and more important to me as I grow older in my faith. Uh, and, and, and it makes sense to me because when you, you think about John, John understood theology. His gospel is lofty uh, in ways that the others uh, are different. You know, it, it, it reaches farther in terms of its uh, touching on uh, the very heart of God in, 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 in very unique ways. Um, John is somebody who knows Jesus personally. And even uh, at some point during this same season in his life would eventually even get the revelation. It's interesting about John, and we said this yesterday, John is somebody who uh, had a nickname, O Energies. It's not something, it's not a term we often use, but it means uh, Son of Thunder. And he and his brother James both had this nickname, Sons of Thunder. And we we get an insight into why they might have had that nickname uh, from uh, another one of the Gospel accounts that talk about how they were in a Samaritan village. Uh, they were leaving a Samaritan village that had rejected Jesus and so James and John asked Jesus if he would like them to call down fire from heaven to consume them uh, for their rejection of him. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. i am not come to destroy men's lives but to save them. And so, you know, their their mindset, John's whole mindset, sometime, somehow between then And his later senior years when he was writing these letters in the book of Revelation and his gospel, um, he experienced a dramatic change. Uh, He was no longer, uh, if that's the reason he was called Son of Thunder, he had chilled a bit since that time. He had grown and matured since that time and now he refers to uh, his readers as beloved children. Um, you know, beloved of God. The word love appears, I think, 28 times in John's three letters in total. It's just, he becomes a very different person as he's seasoned by the grace of God over the years that follow in his walking with the Lord. And uh, and it strikes me that in his senior years, as he writes about these things, as he considers uh, what it means to follow Jesus, he makes love the front and center center stage primary focus and um, and in no way that does that diminish diving into the deep theology sometimes when we talk about love in christian circles uh, those of us who love to dive into the the deeper theology in that um, you know we we sometimes make the mistake of thinking that well taking time to talk about love is just sort of syrupy and and like a hallmark ad in the middle of the bible or something like that but but the truth of the matter is is that Jesus emphasized love, and love is not syrupy. Love is not uh, just purely an emotional thing alone. It's rooted in truth. It is, uh, it is what emanates and flows from the very being of God. And if God at the very heart of who he is, not just what he does, but who he is, is love, and we are, by the Holy Spirit, becoming more and more like him, then that's going to become a, a very prominent thing about our lives. And, as John would say, that he who does not love does not know God. Uh, And so, it's a good indicator of where we're really at in terms of whether we know God at all or even in terms of our maturity level in, uh, in relation to God. When we love or whether we hate, whether we care for and seek to build up or whether we just seek to tear down, I think it's important for us to recognize the importance of love and grace in, in, in our lives as we interact with one another, and with the world outside. and Granted, that's getting harder and harder, um, but that's the work of the Spirit in us, which means it's not just us trying really hard, but again, it becomes the evidence, as I began to allude to before, becomes the evidence of the working of the Holy Spirit in us. And so, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, but in all things, charity or love, God help us to let that be the mark of our lives as we move forward in the days leading up to his return. Because the world needs to see a witness. They don't just, they don't only need to hear well-fashioned arguments, that's important. But ultimately at the end of the day, um, they need to see the love of God alive in us just as we've received it from him. And so that said, just again, some thoughts. um, Thought I would share as I was just kind of considering these things both in terms of preparing all last week for Sunday and then uh, even just continuing to mull that over even beyond the sharing that message, just uh, kind of continuing on that thought. And uh, I I guess there's probably a few topics as appropriate as we consider moving into Christmas time as the love of God expressed in the person of Christ given to us as a great gift. Um, Good things to think on, important things for us to, to meditate on. So Father, we just thank you for giving us such things, such lofty things to consider. And Father, help us not to fall prey, as no doubt the devil would want us to, to sort of set aside love as sort of the kindergarten version of what it means to walk with you. But Father, it's the it's the graduate school. It becomes the actual application of all that we learn. And Father, it's genuine love keeps us from being proud and haughty and and, uh, and and spiritually superior minded to others, it ultimately gives us a sense of being gracious and kind and gentle and, and such to those around us even when we disagree. And Father, we know that at the end of the day, Jesus loved us so much, you loved us so much, uh, that you ultimately bought and paid for our salvation in the finished work of Christ. And if not for your love, uh, who knows where we'd be? But we thank you, Father, and we just pray that we would become more like you, and that we would give the Holy Spirit the space he desires to have to work in us and cause us to become more and more like Jesus, and predominantly, preeminently, in terms of the way that we love one another and that we love those outside. And we pray that, Father, you'd use that to ultimately cause people to come to a saving faith in the one that we've come to know and to fall more deeply in love with every day that we walk with him. And... uh, Father, we just thank you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I hope you have a blessed day and a blessed week. Uh, no doubt I'll post maybe once or twice more before Christmas hits, but um, but as always, thank you for watching. If you have comments or anything that you'd like to share or questions you want to ask or anything like that, you can always do that on our YouTube channel here on right the comments section. You can do the same thing on my personal website at parsonspad.com and leave your comments there as well. And, uh, If you want to email me, you can email me from there and also from our church's website at calvarychapelfranklin.com. And I really do appreciate and enjoy interacting with you all, so thank you for that. And, uh, And God bless you, and we will catch up with you soon.